Welcome to A Certain Age, a show for women on life after 50 who are unafraid to age out loud. I'm your host, Katie Fogarty. The economic shockwaves of COVID-19 set off a global cascade of pink slips. Companies of all sizes collapse, entire sectors shrank, and a vastly different economic and jobs landscape is emerging. Work from home is becoming the new normal. We Zoom, we Skype, we have virtual job interviews. Wondering how this is gonna affect you? Worried that ageism will impact your chances of hanging on to your job or landing a new one? I'm joined today by career and personal finance expert, Carrie Hannon, whose latest book, Great Pajama Games, Your Complete Guide to Working From Home is your Bible for landing and loving a remote work gig. Carrie will walk us through the pros and cons of remote work and debunk the myth that older workers 50 plus are doomed to low pay, low skill retirement jobs. Plus, she's graciously agreed to put on her finance cap to help us think through the key financial questions every woman should be asking herself and easy actions you can take to thrive during this period of extreme uncertainty. Welcome, Carrie. Terrific to be here, Katie. Thanks for the invite. Uh, I adore the title of your latest book. What's a pajama job? What And what <laughs> makes one great? Well, I must say, you know, we're using it a little bit loosely, but it's remote working. It's working from home. It's working outside of the traditional workplace. And many of us might do it in our pajamas at some point during a day. Uh, but but I, I made it sort of fun. I think the people who approach remote work uh, as, as a more formal way, it, it truly is maybe your boss doesn't want to think that you're in your PJs. Yeah, maybe you're in your Zoom top and yoga pants. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go for yoga pants, yeah. Exactly. Uh, remote work is uh, feels like it's everywhere these days, given uh, what's going on with COVID. Is this something that is happening because of the pandemic? What was the remote work landscape pre-March 2020? Sure. Yeah, you, you know, Katie, the fact is that remote working was truly getting to be a global movement. I mean, across the board, remote working was becoming more accepted. It was no longer a struggle for people to ask their employer or their manager, can, can I work from home one day a week or two? Getting that flexibility in your work life because, and it wasn't just for older workers. Younger workers were now saying, hey, we're digital natives. We've grown up with our laptops and working wherever we are. We want to have this as part of our benefit is that we have this work flexibility to work where we want to when we want to and how we want to. And so, you know, across all age groups, it was happening. And there were many companies that were saying, hey, we get this. We're seeing the benefits for our bottom line and for our productivity by letting our workers be uh, work from home. So, you know, that was happening. And then, boom, the genie's out of the bottle. Everybody had to go home. And now it's, as you alluded to, this is this is where we're at. And it's becoming uh, a reality that, that I don't think we're going to go back on. You touch on the fact that uh, younger workers who are digital natives were really asking for this type of work. Do you think that employers um, and hiring managers feel that remote work, you know, is really the province solely of the younger worker? Do they recognize that people 50 plus are, are comfortable and fluent in tech for, you know, for remote working? I'm so glad you asked that because that is the one of the big uh, pervasive myths about an older worker is that you're not up to speed with technology. You're not going to be comfortable uh, communicating this way uh, through Slack or through Zoom or whatever it may be. Uh, and the fact is, 
Older workers, there's no evidence out there that they're not capable of working this way. And frankly, since we've been home, it clearly proven that everyone knows how to do this now because you simply had to. Uh, and I find that, that that was something that employers are saying. Uh, they may have uh, thought that in the back of their heads. But today, older workers have been able to prove quite uh, uh, decisively that they, in fact, are up to speed with this. And and if they're not, um, if someone is still uncomfortable with the tech piece of it, you know, I really encourage them to, to, you know, it's essential that you have these uh, tech skills to work remotely. So, you know, you're going to have to learn some new computer programs and communications tools and web conferencing. Uh, you know, what we just mentioned, you know, Zoom and Google and Basecamp. So, but there's free online skills training all over the place to get you up to speed. And so don't be intimidated by it. Absolutely. It's interesting because all of these different sort of technologies that you just referenced, Slack, Basecamp, part of their promise, part of their, you know, offering is that they're easy to use, that they're they're making your life simple. You can work across teams, work remotely. And yet it's ironic that people feel that at a certain age, you can't learn these these fairly simple tools. Um, I actually teach a class at the education management company General Assembly, and they teach all of these uh, offerings that you just alluded to. So you're absolutely spot on that places like General Assembly or Coursera or even LinkedIn Learning um, are great places to pick up these uh, new tools and to reskill. And all of the platforms g- give um, their own education tutorials on, ha- on how, how to use these. Um, yeah, and they're, and they're free. <laughs> and they're free. Free is good. We like free. Um, so we've, we've just sort of debunked that myth that older workers can't have these tech skills and that they, they, they do, in fact, have them or they can easily get up to speed. That's that's the number one hurdle. The, the second hurdle is really communicating to an employer that this is not an issue. So h- how do how would you recommend to an older worker that they you know, do the communication that their, their skills are sharp? You know, that that is, it's a little bit tricky, but not hard to do. Uh, the important thing to do is to make that connection. And if you are remote working now for, and you have a, com- uh, uh, and you've probably been doing this for a while, so you're used to this, but the important thing is a regular communication connection to have that touch point with your boss or your manager on every day, maybe a couple of times a day. And it, it needs to be, you know, through the computer and, and, and written and text and emails, but it also needs to be verbal. So pick up the phone if possible and show that that's one thing that somebody who's over 50 or midlife clearly has. We have amazing communication skills uh, that that a younger generation may not have quite uh, have uh, developed them as much because they've grown up with their screens. Absolutely. So what are some of the other skills that uh, a 50 plus workforce brings? I've heard you say that you just said communication skills. Obviously, if you've been in the workforce for a number of years, you have deep industry knowledge. You might have had more experience managing teams. What do you see as assets that an older worker should be playing up to land their next great gig? Oh, absolutely. You need to, to actually demonstrate that you are a problem solver, that you have uh, weathered through important challenges and come out the other side. And and we call these, you know, and it applies for all age groups, but particularly if you're an experienced worker, you want to have these examples, your car story. So your challenge, 
your action and the result. You know, whatever it was, you know, you brought a, a, a job, a difficult job in ahead of schedule or, you know, added sales or revenues and so forth. Whatever the challenge was, make it a fun story and be able to show that it was your experience that helped you uh, navigate this quickly and, and appropriately for, for your um Client, so it's really being able to keep track of your progress and show them that you're able to navigate uh, problems and problem solving, and also your ability to work with teams. You know, we're not uh, solo operators, even if we are working alone out of our offices right now, our home offices. Um, and an older worker is actually technically, uh, as I found in my research, very collaborative. And and the teams, when you have a younger and an older worker together on a team, studies clearly show that they're more pro, you know, their productivity is higher. And so it's something that's really to be valued. And I I do think that an older worker uh, can bring that to the workplace. Uh, absolutely, I agree. Um, as an as an older worker myself, I, I totally believe that we uh, you know leverage our experience. We leverage the uh, ability to communicate and and work across different groups. Oftentimes, older workers are parents. You're living in a multi generational home. You have um, you know the ability to communicate across generations in ways that perhaps younger workers who are just developing their confidence might not yet have. So what and, what are some and Katie? Yes. One other thing I would add to that is that we also. Um, have this ability to um, to show an employer that that in fact um, you know we've done this in recent years. We don't want to go back and say, hey, you know, it, it, I solved this problem forty years ago because it's different today. So you need to show that you're curious and that you're open to trying new ways of doing things, and you've thought about new ways of doing it because that's one thing that that employers are concerned about is that you're stuck in your ways, that you uh, aren't willing to learn new ways of doing things. So this is very important to to show that you listen, you understand the mission or the problem of your employer or your potential employer and really are willing to bring a fresh way of thinking to it. Right. Employers care most about what you've been doing lately. My, my day job is actually uh, helping clients with their career branding and their professional messaging. I do a lot of work on LinkedIn, helping people share their story, share their value, and everything that you said really aligns with the coaching that I give to my, my clients. That Employers care what you've been doing most recently. If you've been lucky enough to have a long and wonderful career, you really need to focus um, your communications on what you've been up to in, in, in your most recent role in your last few years. And I love your suggestion that you come armed with a car story. And I'm going to start to use that acronym uh, <laughs> with my clients and I'm putting it into the show notes so people can use it in their own lives. But you really want to illustrate, you want to uh, illustrate the value that your work um, produces, the outcome that you deliver in concrete terms, you know, and, and, and really using metrics, using numbers, using really specific examples that bring your story to life. Yep. Uh, they lo- everyone loves a good narrative. And, you know, you don't want to just say this was my title and these were my responsibilities. No, no, no. They, you know, wh- what did you do? You know, tell us about you. Right. What did success look like and how did you contribute to it? Yeah, so, perfect. So yeah. what are some remote work jobs that are exciting that, that our listeners might be interested in doing? I know your book covers a lot of different companies and different industries. Where do you see the opportunities? Well, you know, without question, that's what the first section of the book is all about great remote jobs. And it's really a smorgasbord to get people thinking, oh, my gosh, I didn't really think that this would be something that I could easily do remotely. Uh, so, the, the yes, OK, you're going to have your basic customer service kind of, uh, you know, help 
that kind of position has always technically been been there uh, as a remote job. But what I'm seeing is everything from accountants to graphic designers to medical coders, remote nurses. We know telemedicine is growing like crazy. And of course, writers. But there's every all kinds of angles into and two of the big areas of course are healthcare and education so if you can find your way like and you know we and i'm sure in your work you do this too i encourage people you know do that mri on your skill set what is it that you're really good at and don't be afraid to redirect that to a new industry to a new field because you're just redeploying yourself you may need to ramp up some skills and so forth but see how you can make a pivot from what you're currently working in to kind of take advantage of some of these uh, growing because growing opportunities because coming out of the pandemic yes it's been difficult there have been extraordinary layoffs it's been difficult for many many people but i do see glimmers of hope of light of new kinds of jobs that are coming up through this that we're going to see increasingly uh, important in people's lives I agree that people need to recognize that hiring is happening and not get discouraged. I am on LinkedIn every day. I see clients announcing that they are looking to source talent. I see clients announcing that they've gotten a job. My own sister-in-law, who lives in Massachusetts now, just got hired for a job in Seattle. Uh, and that that job came um, you know, into her hands because of, of COVID. Being in Massachusetts, she wouldn't be getting hired for a job where she's expected to be in a Seattle office every day. But the remote work has made that possible. So it's it, it's an exciting time in some ways, even though it's like really daunting and, and uh, scary in other ways for people. Um, wh- how do you see COVID having reshaped the, the, the job market and the remote job market? And what do you say? It's so hard to have a crystal ball and life feels very uncertain. But what do you see coming in our fall? You're correct. I mean, it, it's it's difficult to really look too far because who would have thought we'd be where we are today uh, in January or December? But what I see, Katie, is a movement, and this is uh, is something that that had been starting to happen in the workplace, but we're going to see it accelerating. Is even as we come out of the pandemic and we have more of a hybrid workforce, some people going into the office, others working remotely, is that employers are going to be, they've had to really pare down uh, their operations uh, to get through this and the potential recession we may may come out of this, that I'm going I'm to hazard a guess that we're going to see more contract jobs, more part-time jobs, more jobs without benefits being offered by employers to people working remotely and off-site. And so that is not a particularly great thing uh, for for workers in general, not to have those benefits. But I do think we're going to see an increasing amount of that. This has been happening for workers in their 20s for quite some time and for workers over 50, that that the job market is... uh, is is tilting that direction and so what that's going to require is you know some pretty uh serious personal finance for the individual to take control of your own retirement savings and those sorts of things you you wrote an article uh earlier in the week that i came across uh on the internet and was talking about how you wanted to debunk the myth that older workers are doomed (laughs) to these low pay low skill retirement jobs and i think you alluded to that really tired trope of the the walmart greeter as if that's the only job that people are you know eligible for after a certain age tell us i know that makes me crazy doesn't that make you crazy it's like what i mean (laughs) 
<laughs> it's like, you know, oh, I don't, everyone trots that out. And in fact, there are so many really interesting jobs in those broad ones I mentioned earlier, but but people don't have to be stuck. There are all kinds of opportunities for experienced workers who, especially if you've got the, the digital skills or, or anything re- remotely uh, in terms of kind of uh, being able to seamlessly work online with, with different projects and project management. But it is not, it's all about skills and people need, there is not this cohort of young workers coming up to take a lot of these jobs. And so employers know that, and especially if they're trying to control costs, they don't want to have to be training people and ramping them up for for um, a job. They want somebody to come on board who can hit the ground running. And so I, I, it's very important. And I think, as we mentioned before, you know, for somebody who's older looking for a job in the workplace, don't try to replicate your old job if you've been laid off. Really think creatively about ways you can apply your skills to a new approach and be open to different kinds of jobs you might not have thought of. Uh, it's really important. And and you, uh, I think we mentioned in, in talking at some point that some people may have stepped out, especially women, uh, or doing some other kinds of work. Think about your skills beyond your resume. You know, if you worked as a pro bono as a treasurer for your local parent-teacher association or... Uh, you did financial management and budgeting for them. Or, you know, if you're caring for an aging relative, which I have been for my mom, uh, who's 90, um, you've been a financial manager, a hiring manager. You're good at paperwork. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you've been doing it. So, so market those skills, you know, do it. Yeah, absolutely. I I, um, I have three children who range in age from 13 to 20, and I have been in and out of the paid workforce two times during uh, the 20 years that I've had children. And I can testify that it is possible to return to work. It is possible uh, to make the move from being a stay-at-home parent to uh, being you know, gainfully employed. It takes, uh, as you alluded to, creativity. It takes tenacity. It takes grit. And it takes being willing to um, put your foot in the, you know, through a door, you know, kind of crack it open, and then keep pushing it open. So when I first returned to work, I was doing it not in the same capacity when I left, but I was willing to take something that was smaller, that paid a little bit less, that that sort of cracked that door open for me, which I think is a great strategy um, you know, when, when you th- for, for returning to work. You know, Katie, that is the strategy. That is so smart because you don't get caught up in the semantics of the salary or the title or, you know, the ego issues there, okay? If you've been able to take some time, and I always talk about my fitness plan, you know, you need to be financially fit physically fit and spiritually fit to get to do most things in life, but certainly to get a job if you've been out of the workplace uh, from a layoff or if you're, you know, stepped off the to raise a family or do caregiving. So um, what you just said, if you're financially fit and you've done a budget, you've, you know, trimmed down your lean and mean, you're not caught up in having to have that certain salary and you can slowly, you know, get back in and rebuild where you are. And the physical fitness is really important because, it, it fights ageism, ageism in a huge way. Um, people don't even realize it, but they want you on their team because you bring this energy and this positivity and this can-do spirit from simply being physically fit. It's not dyeing your hair or getting Botox. It is really, truly uh, a wonderful uh, tonic. And I walk my dog, but you might, you know, swim or build exercise and eating with nutrition into your life. And the final thing is is this the spiritual part, which... Is really just a quiet space where you can step away from the stress of job hunting and, and you know, whether it's Tai Chi, yoga, uh, mindful meditation, whatever works for you. Again, 
for me, it's walking my dog in the country. But whatever works, these things are magic to help you face and step into the workplace again. That is such smart advice because job hunting can really feel like, you know, a slog and it can feel dispiriting. And when I work with a client, you know, I work with a lot of senior clients. They've had great careers. And if they're, you know, in between successes or in transition, it can take a period of several months, even up to a year to find something that um, is the right fit for where they are in their career, is the right fit for them in terms of salary. And so when I'm working with somebody who's where it's taking a, a longer time to ramp back into the workforce, I always encourage them to Think about where else in their life do they succeed? You know, are they singing like, at their church choir? Are they making like the brownies that everyone's raving about? You know, have they picked up a new skill? Because when you feel that you're succeeding somewhere, it kind of, um, you know, it, it affects your whole like, demeanor. It affects your mindset. And that is so critical for, you know, for succeeding and landing a new role. People want to work with people who are confident and happy and, and, and feel good about themselves. So you really need to inject that mojo into your, to your job hunt. So I really appreciate that advice. What You mentioned um, about getting financially fit as well. And I would love to switch gears for a little bit and talk about money. Um, how how do you make those foundational you know elements if you're looking for a job switch? How do you set yourself up so you can make a career pivot or you can weather a, a job loss? That is, you know, it's an individual situation. Everyone's going to have a different scenario. Um, whether you're single, whether you have a partner, uh, whether you have a family. So the the comment, the real basic thing is you sit down and really you know, do that budget. None of us like to do budgets, but do it. Where can you cut back? And right now, I, I think many people who were laid off and working from home have had this ability to see where some of their costs have reduced because they're not going into the workplace uh, as much commuting costs and uh, spending. They've been able to reduce spending because in the early stages, we couldn't even go out to eat, sure. right? No, so, no coffee, no Starbucks, no, you know, yeah. no work lunches. So you lunches. find what, what are those uh, costs that, that you really found you really didn't need? So get lean, you know, really look at those aspects. Can you downsize depending on where you live and your status and your stage of life? Do you want to move to a smaller home? Do you want to move to a different city even where the cost of living is lower? Those are bigger picture ways to do it. But can you pay down some credit card debt? You know, anything you can do to kind of set that path, make a nice clean slate for yourself so that when you're looking at salary and you're looking at opportunities out there, you're a little more um, nimble. You can really have more flexibility there. And, and what if you didn't have the time to to do that kind of planning and, and sort of trim those costs? Because for for many people, their you know their jobs sort of went poof you know, during COVID, or their their you know companies went out of business. Things have have really shifted. What would you say to somebody who's kind of scrambling right now? What how would you sort of stem losses quickly? Is there a shortcut or? What is your recommendation? Yeah, it, you're correct. The, this, the, the things about financial fitness uh, do tend to, to, to be a process. You know, it, it's hard to do things overnight. I mean, you can quickly cut down a couple of costs, uh, you know, some of the, the more extraneous ones. But but it really, the lifestyle changes are things that, that come over time, but you need to pay attention to them. I think that you need to get, one of the big issues is going to be, if you need to get back to work right now, is to really get the ego out of the way and be willing to take on work that that maybe is not 
uh, paying what you think you're valued at. And I believe we, we all need to value our work. But if you need to just keep income coming in, be willing to to start a patchwork kind of uh, work environment where you're doing a couple of different types of work, a couple of different clients. Because now if we're working online, we're working from our home offices uh, remotely, yeah, this is the time that if you're getting these contract or part-time offers to piece together a patchwork quilt of a couple of things and 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 realize that one of them may grow into a permanent situation or a full-time thing, but maybe not. Maybe this is a time in your life where we no longer have that linear career, that this is a new workplace. This is a, you know, work transformed. It's a different way of, of managing our work life. And you know, I've said this all along, no matter what, it, you should always think of your work life as me, Inc. You're always working for yourself. And these are your clients, <laughs> even oh, if you just have one. <laughs> I love that. I saw a, a post on LinkedIn a few weeks ago, and it was from a young woman who just graduated from college. And she was a marketing major, and she'd just gotten hired at Target. And she made her announcement on LinkedIn, and she said, no, I have not been hired by Target's marketing department. You know, no, I'm not working in like the digital space that I wanted to. I am a Target, you know, retail employee. And I've taken this job because I need to make some money. I just got out of college. Work is work. And I am open to opportunities down the road, but I'm delighted to be earning a paycheck. And she had something like 60,000 likes. I mean, people were so excited for her because she, you know, as you said, put her ego aside. She was honest about the situation she was in. You know, she's a college graduate. She needs some money and she was willing to work. And I thought to myself, I'd love to hire this kid. You know, yeah, she's I, authentic and real. I mean, that's what it's all about. You know, you st- and you know this, Katie, wherever you are, even if you've taken on and I often tell people, you know, get volunteer, even get out of your head and into the world. And what happens there is it explains those gaps in your resume, but you never know who you're going to meet who might lead to your next opportunity. And she may not know as a retail associate at Target, you never know who you're going to meet or, you know, what's going to come your way and how you spin that to a new kind of when you're in a regular job interview. My gosh, I think that would be a really fun story for her to tell in an interview about why she took that opportunity up and what she's learned from it. Right. People, uh, Hiring managers want you to account for time. And if she's accounting for time by explaining that she was willing to get into the workforce, um, that's a check in the box. That's like that's a reason why you'd want to hire her. And the strategic volunteering that you talked about also helps you account for time. I had a client who was a, uh, a CFO and he had, um, you know, he got sort of caught up in a reduction in force and he was job hunting for six months, but he was a very senior uh, C-suite executive and finding those types of opportunities. They're not, they're not everywhere. So six months into his job hunt, he thought like, I need to be telling a new story. And he started strategically volunteering as the acting CFO at a nonprofit where he worked. And this was so smart because then he could go into a job interview, explain what he was doing with his time. He was clear that he was just acting CFO while he was job hunting, but it gave value to the nonprofit. It allowed him to tell a new story and it ultimately helped land him his next role as a CFO at a different organization. So volunteering is a great way to be uh, using your time while you're job hunting. And you can acquire new skills while you're doing it. You might be um, able to pick up um, a new technology. You might be able to have, you know, work on a new project that you can add to your list. Absolutely. And and the other thing I'm quite sure that you uh, talk about a lot, and, and I swear by, is that no matter what age you are, but definitely if you're an over 50 worker trying to get back into the workplace, um, it's all about your network. 
it's all about your network. It's your so net worth. That's how employers hire you. It's, you know, I always say networking is one letter away from not working. And, um, and so, I'm stealing that. <laughs> it's all yours. But it's the truth is you, it, they hire people they know or people they know know. So, and you, they hire people who believe in their mission, who love what they're doing, who really love their product. So, you know, if you can find that joy, that enthusiasm for five or six employers who you really want to work for, then you go on LinkedIn or wherever it is and you find out who the heck do you know who works there and start that process to get your foot in the door to meet somebody who can make that that recommendation or that introduction for you. It doesn't get you the job, but it certainly gets you a long way towards getting hired. Absolutely. LinkedIn is a wonderful research tool to figure out who can help make a warm intro so you don't have to do that that cold outreach. I agree. Um I want to just switch gears for a minute and talk a little bit about retirement while um, while we can. And, you know, most of our audience is 50 plus. I am 50. I have done some of the things I know I should be doing, not all. And, and my question to you is it, you know, is it too late at this stage to start making money moves for our retirement? Um, are there are there still opportunities to um, you know, do retirement planning at this phase? Without question, without question, go for Yay. it. I mean, it, we've got, you know, come on, we've got this longevity. It's no longer you're working to 65. Let's, you know, let's dismiss that right now. I mean, our generation may be the first one to embrace this idea, but the in it, and it's a cultural issue that's going to change over the years. The 20-somethings are going to be working to 75, 80. It, that's just how it's going to be. So the fact is right now at 50, you've got another 15, 20 years uh, minimum I before hope. you're going to be stepping that really need to tap into that retirement money. And you can let it grow for you. And I even people who have, uh, you know, sort of saved adequately to this stage, um, always are planning for what kind of work they want to do in those quote retirement years because you know it's the it's their safety net so they don't have to take social security at you know at early at 62 or at full retirement age but they can wait till 70 and they get the you know really the benefit of that eight percent bump of of uh uh, in their social security benefit for those years. And so it's really important that that we can do that, especially with the stock market being, you know, gyrating the way it is. There's no reason why we can't. We've got lots of years of growth left in that. So, you know, be confident, make a plan. Think about, well, yeah, I may want to just work full speed ahead for this many more years. But, but you know, the world has a way of changing that on us. So always be prepared that we're going to be working lots of different kinds of jobs much longer than our parents. And so, yes, 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 you've got plenty of time to continue saving. And, you know, there are those, uh, you know, starting your own uh, individual IRA is really a good way to do that. If you, depending on your business, you might do a solo 401k. Always remember, if you are doing one of those contract jobs or you're freelancing, please do that automatic savings out of your paycheck into a into a retirement account um, that you've set up in uh, I like them at, at some of the no-load uh, mutual fund companies like Vanguard or Fidelity or T. Rowe, but whoever you're working with is fine. Just make it an automatic distribution from each of your paychecks because just like your employer does or your full-time employer did do because you won't notice that it's missing in it and you will continue uh, on a regular basis investing for retirement and saving for retirement. And it's really hard to just decide to do it once a year because it, that check is too big. But if you do it with each paycheck, much easier. Such such smart advice. And, and 
What would be another tip or tool or what surprises you about what people are not doing to save for retirement or plan for retirement that you think is a must do? Well, I think people would say, I'm going to think about it tomorrow. And uh, <laughs> you know, Wait, that doesn't work? <laughs> <laughs> they like to play Scarlett O'Hara. It, it is not, you have got to, everything, and the simplest thing to do, and it sounds so ridiculous, but if you would just go on one of these uh, mutual fund websites or AARP has one, do a retirement calculator. Studies show that if you at least take the time to run a calculator of what you might need, uh, if you you know do step out of the workplace uh, to meet your your um, standard of living that you want to keep up, it just gets you start thinking about it and it makes you realize. And the big fear is, as you know well, is we don't know what the medical costs are going to be at the end of life for us, and we don't know how healthcare is going to continue to escalate as part of our budget. So it's imperative that when we are healthy and we can earn an income, that we just keep at it. Because and please do work you love because nobody wants to be miserable because that makes you sick too. But but you want to just keep at it as long as you can because we don't know what those you know what that bill might be uh, in the last decade or so of our life. So it's very important to, to do that. But but do run the numbers. Do sit down with a planner. It doesn't have to cost a lot. A lot of planners will give you a free consultation. Find a, a, a no fee financial planner. Ask friends and family. But have somebody who's unbiased really sit with you. That's not going to have skin in the game about making a commission off of what they you invest in, but can look at your holistic financial plan and give you some guidance of, so start, you want to start that now and then you start massage it as time goes on. It's going to change, but I think it's really important to work with a financial planner if you can. I, I, I agree because people are experts in, in, in certain fields and, and you can uh, sort of shortcut your learning and uh, your smarts and, and be given uh, resources and tools that it might take you a long time to uncover. People could uh, certainly look at any one of your 14, is it 14 books now? Um, on, <laughs> yeah. on career and retirement because you, or, you know, head to your website because you, which we'll ha- talk about at the end and, and, and reference in show notes, but you have an incredible wealth of resources in terms of career, retirement, um, planning for, um, you know, some of the financial needs that sometimes women experience if they go through uh you know, a divorce or a, or a spouse dies because women sometimes have different financial needs than men if they've been if they've stepped off the career track to to care for kids. So you're you're an incredible resource as well. Um, what do you see for you next in your own career? I know that you've just written your 14th book and that you're busy on a book tour. But where do you see yourself going? Because you're 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 pretty much unstoppable. <laughs> well, I you know the truth of the matter is, Katie, I absolutely love what I do, and I, I'm so blessed because as a, as a young kid. You know, when people said, what do you want to do when you grow up? I, I said, I want to be a writer. And and that happened. Unbelievable. And <laughs> and you've written everywhere. You've, you've written not only your own books, but you've written, you had a column for, help me out. It was USA Today. I well, I, yeah, it was at USA Today. It was my last full-time, you know, in-house job, I should say. I work harder now than I ever worked when I was in-house. But um, but today I write a column for Market Watch for PBS Next Avenue. I write regularly for the New York Times. And so I have lots of different, in AARP, I have lots of different clients. And the thing about being a writer and what I do is I'm always learning something new. I'm always educating myself. I'm meeting new people. I'm talking. And and it just like fires me up on a regular basis. And so I can't ever imagine uh, not 
working in this fashion because it really doesn't feel like work to me. And um, so uh, in, in that regard, I love speaking. So hopefully we'll be able to get back out on the, and on the stages and talking to people face to face because I get high off of the audiences and, and really making that connection with people. So I'm looking forward to doing more of that, hopefully in 2021. Um, and I actually just signed a contract for a new book for next year. <laughs> <laughs> I told I said you were unstoppable. <laughs> so I'm going to do a book with um, uh, McGraw Hill, and uh, we're going to look at what kind of we started talking about today. But I need to really dig into it on, you know, how the workplace is being transformed uh, because of uh, the pandemic and also the longevity revolution. So we're going to take a real deep dive into how how is it all changing, and and what can we expect, and how can we take advantage of it. I cannot wait for that. I, I love the, I, I even, I just love the longevity revolution because it's, this is, uh, we are just getting started. We're living uh, more vibrant, dynamic, longer lives. And there is, um, you know, so much richness to this next chapter. And so I'm excited to hear what you have to say and what you have to share in that book. You have incredible resources. I, I would love to know if somebody was just like getting excited and wanting to dive into managing their finances or managing their career, is there a particular product or resource or tool that you would direct them to? Oh my gosh, there's so there really are some great resources out there. And and it's hard for me right off the top of my head to single some out. Um, you can find some, I mean, obviously, by, by going to my website and looking at some of the uh, people I quote in the articles I write or some of the different resources there. But there's just some really uh, great opportunities to educate yourself about personal finance today. And I really encourage uh, women in particular to reach out. And if there's some great books, not uh, I love my own books, but there's plenty of other good books out there as well. Jane Brant Quinn has a new book out on retirement. Um, it really, you know, start a money book club, you know, get your girlfriends together or, you know, it can be co-ed club, whatever you want it to be. But, but it's really fun to, you know, dig into, instead of reading, you know, a good fiction book, what let's read a little bit about money and, and start the conversation because I think women tend to not think it's impolite to talk about money and personal finance. And these are things that we need to regularly be talking with each other about and not be intimidated because, I talk to women particularly about money and they say, you know, I'm not just, I'm just not good with math or it bores me. And, and, you know, none of that is true, to be honest with you. It's simply that they're uncomfortable and they're not confident about the language. And um, so ramp it up, you know, raise your hand, ask those questions and, and no question is, is uh, too stupid uh, in this area. And so there's great re uh, free resources online uh, for women in particular. I like wiser, W I S E R.org has some really great tutorials and, and stuff. And all the mutual fund companies have good educational resources. The book club is such a fabulous idea because um, it, everything's more fun with your with your friends. And um, you, you can really sort of sort of divide and conquer. You could tackle different topics that different people are interested in. And I love the idea of a book club because they're your accountability partners. You know, if you've all agreed to uh, get smarter about a certain topic, you know, your friends are going to hold your feet to the fire. So that is that is really fabulous advice. Um, I am going to link to all of your books in our show notes. But if you could let our listeners know where they could find you in your books, uh, I, I would love to, for you to share that with our audience. Oh, thank you, Katie. It's Carrie Hannon, K-E-R-R-Y-H-A-N-N-O-N.com. That's my website. You can go there and you'll find out a lot of 
uh, my articles. I try to keep it, you know, keep shoveling them up there as they come out. And um, the books are there. But uh, go there. I'm on Twitter at, at Carrie Hannon and, and LinkedIn and Facebook. So, you know, cruise around. You'll find me. Um, one thought I wanted to, to leave people with also, Katie, is there's this Chinese saying that I always think about. And I'm not going to be able to say it in the language. But um, it's it's it alludes to this, this idea that when you have a challenge like your job hunting or you're trying to get control of your finances, whatever it might be in front of you that we've talked about here today, it's crossing a river or a large stream. I, I love large streams. I spend a lot of time with my dog, uh, Zena, going to this big stream out in Virginia that we like. But if you go, you cross that stream or that river just by feeling those little stones beneath or big stones beneath your feet. You know, if you visualize you're crossing that stream, you know, if you step from one stone to the next stone to the next stone, you eventually get across. And that's how you have to think about your job search or getting your financial life in order. It's step by step. There's lots of running water going all around you. But just when you go slow and you just take it one step at a time, that's where you're going to get to the other side. Step by step. That's such great advice. Thank you for joining us today, Carrie. Thank you so much, Katie. I really enjoyed the invitation and the time with you. This wraps A Certain Age, a show for women over 50 who are aging without apology. Thanks for listening. And if you enjoyed the show and you have friends or family who want to be financially smarter and are looking for great career advice, please spread the word of Carrie's episode. You can also help us grow by heading to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. And visit us at acertainagepod.com for show notes and bonus content. Special thanks to Michael Mancini Productions, who produced and created our theme song. See you next time. And until then, age boldly, beauties. Beauties.